0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And reflecting on another really busy week across the top five English divisions. Every result just seems to be really important at the moment. And then we're also going to have some rants and some raves if you haven't listened to the podcast before. We also do a barnet where we look at a particular hairstyle from the week as well as our ones to watch for the coming week as well. So I'll start off by rounding up the Premier League. And uh the first match I wanted to mention was on Saturday, Everton versus Burnley, and a really good result for Burnley, 2-1. Haven't really had that much praise this season because obviously they've been down the bottom and just in and out of are they going to be safe? Are they not going to be safe? But finally they seem to be putting some good results together. And it was a, a really wonderful strike actually from the England under twenty one Dwight McNeil. Who won the match overall for Burnley? 34% possession, but they managed to get 14 shots and seemed to actually really dominate the match as well, particularly in the midfield. Um, the Toffees, they've lost now five out of their seven games at Goodison Park are really struggling at home at the moment, um, whilst Burnley seven points clear of the relegation. What do you reckon, Dad? Do you reckon that's them safe now?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: And um, back to back losses for Everton, who are on forty six points. We seem to mention when we're watching the football and watch Burnley play. You seem to like Dwight McNeil, don't you?
1: Yeah, good player. I mean, they've got uh, if they're all fit, they've got some good players. It's just they've not got a big squad when they aren't all fit.
0: Mm, so I, I think at one point, Man United wasn't last season. The season before when he first. Came into the Burnley squad and seemed to be really playing quite well. I think Man United were potentially going to go for him, but he stayed at Burnley. You never know. Maybe he might um, get scouted out, even talking about England squad, which is interesting. And then also I wanted to mention Fulham against Man City. Really all about the second half. Fulham put up a really good defensive performance in the first 45 minutes, but doing what Man City do best, eventually breaking down the teams. It was uh, Stones actually got the opening goal quickly followed by Jesus and Aguero. Change in formation for Guardiola, three at the back. Stones, uh, Diaz and Laporte all starting, which I think that's the first time he's done that in a while. And Jesus and Aguero up front for the first time in over a year. Do you reckon City are winning this Premier League convincingly because of the depth of their squad?
1: Uh, that yeah it seems to be the. I mean Guardiola's clever with his tactics. But yeah, they've got. I mean they've got a very deep squad
0: because they had Gundogan, De Bruyne, Foden, just a Sterling. I don't think any of those guys featured at all. So obviously resting them. They're saying they're still potentially able to do the quadruple: the Champions League, Premier League. FA Cup, and I, uh, I don't know what the other one is, another Shield or something like Caridou that. Cup. Is it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Drekken, I mean, obviously, he's never managed to get the Champions League, has he, old Guardiola? Drekken, they're just going to get the Premier League? Is it potential that they could get more than one? Quadruple sounds like a, a fair bit.
1: I think they'll get more than one. I'm not sure they'll get four.
0: And then on Sunday, it's worth quickly noting pretty much all those fixtures The early kickoff was Southampton versus Brighton and a brilliant 2-1 win for Brighton at St Mary's and obviously they're right down at the bottom of the table and this is a huge result, huge three points for them. The first half in particular, Southampton played really well but Brighton just seemed to try and take control and keep a clear head in the final moments when recently they've been conceding or in the last 20 minutes of the match so they did what they needed to do Brighton in terms of the table that now means that they moved up 16th so moved ahead of Newcastle uh, on 29 points and they are currently three points clear of Fulham and they have a game in hand on them so it's a slight bit of breathing space that the Brighton fans will be happy to see at the moment and then, again, Sheffield United, Leicester, 5-0. It sounds like it was an absolute hammering. And up to 39 minutes, it was 0-0. But then Leicester just dominated. Ian Atcho got his first ever Premier League hat-trick. And he seems to just be really stepping up since James Madison and uh, Harvey Barnes have been injured. Vardy got two assists. So he's been linking up really well with Ian Atcho, Yet to get on the score sheet now in a while. Um, But Brendan Rodgers will just be really happy for the result. And after, you know, Chris Wilder's departure, I think it was almost uh, inevitable in some respects that Sheffield United were going to struggle today with him being such a huge talisman for the players. And you don't know how much that impacted them on the pitch as well. And then you had the big North London derby, Arsenal versus Tottenham. That was my one to watch from last week. And it certainly was one to watch. It had a bit of everything. It had penalties. Um, an amazing goal to open the whole match off in the 33-minute by Eric Lamella, who came on, actually, for Son, who sadly was uh, injured. Hopefully not for too long for Spurs. And it was all really about Lamella, really, a a wonderful goal where he uh, clipped it around the back with his left foot and right in the corner with Leno getting no chance. But Lamella got two yellow cards, 76th minute, he got sent off. Actually, at that point, Tottenham seemed to be spurred on. And you could say they nearly got the draw in the end when Harry Kane hit the post from a free kick. But Arsenal deserved the win. They were attacking. Odegaard got his first goal for the club. Lacazette converted the penalty. I think Tottenham would have been very, very lucky to have got a point from the match towards the end. So Arsenal thoroughly deserved and they seemed to be playing with more confidence and were more risky in the moves that they wanted to do, whereas Tottenham, uh, some argue this is a fault of Mourinho, almost seemed to play quite defensive, bearing in mind the team sheet that they put out. And the last match on Sunday, just quickly, Man United versus West Ham. Wasn't all that much that really went on. It was a Craig Dawson own goal that won the match for Man United and just strengthened their grip on a Champions League place. Uh, So the table... We have got, obviously, Man City, 71 points. Still Man United in second, 57 points. Leicester stay in third after their win on 56 points. So there's a slight gap now, opening up with fourth place Chelsea, 51 points. West Ham are still in fifth. And then Everton and then Tottenham now find themselves on 45 points, just two ahead of Liverpool, who obviously play on Monday night versus Wolves. And Arsenal sitting in tenth of the table. And they find themselves 10 points off Chelsea with a game in hand. So they're slightly closing that gap. And like I said, the bottom table, just slight breathing space now for Burnley in particular. And then Brighton with a, a much deserved win as well. Right, so that's my roundup from the Premier League.
1: Championships and good games, actually. Yes, it was quite an interesting day in the Championship. Kicking off at Bournemouth-Barnsley, a five-goal thriller. It was 2-1 to Bournemouth at time. But the second half, Barnsley stepped up and goals from Freezer and Morris uh, meant they won 3-2 in a five-goal uh, thriller. Barnsley now unbeaten in 11. I know they had a bit of a 0-0 board draw midweek with Derby. Other than that, they've won 10 out of the last 11 matches, so they're really on a brilliant roll at the moment. It's a really important match because it takes them six points clear of Bournemouth. They would have been level points if Bournemouth had won so 6th place in the playoffs with a 6 point gap now 45 year old French manager Valerian Ishmael, 10 years as a manager mostly in Germany, France etc but uh, first English role back in autumn 2020 so he's really found the groove at and doing a brilliant job so Barnsley looking uh, good prospects for uh, autom- not for automatic for the playoffs promotions which you'd never have guessed 6 months ago they were uh, definitely uh, in a different position so there was a big uh, top of the table or um, promotion clash, Cardiff versus Watford. Uh, and Watford came away 2-1 winners, which is a brilliant win, actually. Cardiff opened the scoring in the 13th minute with an own goal. 1-1 by half-time, close affair, close affair to the very end. And then a 94th minute winner from Adam Messina from a free kick. A massive, massive win for Watford. Leaves Cardiff seven points off the playoffs. Mick McCarthy's first defeat, so he's done a brilliant job since he got there. Watford have only lost one in nine in the second, so um, the top two, Norwich and Watford, of course, both came down last season from the Premiership, so tells you something about their quality. So they're looking like they might be able to get straight back up, certainly Norwich with that gap at the top. So that was a good match, Cardiff-Watford, and then the last one, not a great match, I don't think, certainly not a classic by the sounds of it. derby Millwall, uh, Millwall won it 1-0, Sean Hutchinson goal on the stroke of half-time. Uh, it's really all about, I mean, Millwall probably safe in the middle of the table now, but Derby four games without a goal Uh, they had 70% possession uh, but only three shots on target again Kazim Richards the lone striker Uh, so it's tough for Rooney with their seven points clear of the drop Uh, but when you look at that championship uh, lower end uh, you've almost got to discount Rotherham because they've got four games in hand on just about everybody down there and they've also got the best goal difference in that uh, bottom six or seven they are seven points clear of Rotherham but Rotherham have got four games in hand so it's going to be really, really interesting. It looks like if Rotherham do get out with all the games in hand, then it'll be between Birmingham, Coventry or Derby. Three big teams for uh, all Midlands-based who are going to be... Uh, one of them's going to be dropping down. So uh, it's going to be fascinating, the bottom end. But uh, it's the last thing Rooney wants, really, with his first management uh, task is to get relegated to League One. So fingers crossed he'll stay up.
0: You mentioned, obviously, Norwich and Watford seems to be doing really well after having obviously come down from the Premier League. Is that just showing how much of a gap there is between the Premier League and the championship in terms of obviously money and things like that. But would you say that there's a quite a big drop in standard per se, or is that a bit harsh?
1: Uh, it's a bit harsh. I think um I think they just, you know, they've got good organisation. Certainly Norwich have stuck with their manager and given yeah. a chance. So I think I think they're just well organised and I mean, Watford has still got a scrap to get up but certainly Norwich look like they're safe
0: right time for a rant as the uh, podcast title obviously suggests so this week my rant obviously it's been in the papers a lot and I don't know where to go for it. it's my rave in some respects and or my rant and I'm kind of doing a bit of both in one but I'm going to obviously address the fact that Chris Wilder, unfortunately, has left Sheffield United. They say it's on mutual terms, um, but obviously there's been a bit of a fallout with him and the owner, Prince Abdullah. Um, I think there's been, I'm not sure about transfers and who's coming in and, yeah, director of football and all this kind of stuff. But overall, obviously, Chris Wilder's done an amazing job. Three seasons there. He's taken them from 16th in League One to Premier League. And obviously the highlight for them was finishing in ninth last year which no one expected overall won 106 out of uh, 227 matches in charge at Sheffield United but to turn it into a rant I think it's a bit of a mad decision we always presume they stick with him you just mentioned it actually obviously Norwich they they stuck with Daniel Fark and now look at them now so I think I was just a bit of a shock and I think most people are shocked and um who's gonna get it now they're saying Eddie Howe
1: I'm not sure. It's hard to say Eddie Howe. I mean, probably a good candidate to do a good job there, but I'm not sure that's the job he's waiting for necessarily, Sheffield United.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's going to be very, very hard for them now to obviously being rock bottom of the table, but obviously things got so bad that Chris Wilder, they just had to part ways, but it's a shame. And um, do you reckon Chris Wilder will... Maybe down the end and the down the line, will he stay with the Premier League? Would you reckon he'll go back to Championship, or will it just depend on what comes up at the time?
1: I think it depends what comes up. Probably, good. he'd be a good Championship manager.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, that was my rant. What about you?
1: Uh, well, it's a uh, it's similar to yours, a bit of a rare rant. It? It's good to. Um, I've not managed to. Get all the answers that I was looking for, but research the fact that Premier League are going to be allowing fans back in for the last two matches. Yeah, okay. So I think they're switching around some of the matches so that everybody gets the chance to have home fans in over the last two games of the season. So I mean, that's really positive 10,000 or 25%, whatever the lowest or whichever was um, relevant. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. The players are going to be thrilled, the fans are going to be thrilled. But I couldn't find any mention of Championship, League One, League Two. So I'm not sure um, whether their seasons finish a bit earlier, I think. So whether it's just unlucky that they can't get fans in. If that's the case, I think they should stop it for a couple of weeks, give them a bit of a rest and then let them come back and get fans in as well. So really, it's all about the Premier League. And I'm not sure they need the cash from the fans and knock-on income. Certainly the uh, the lower league and the Championship teams definitely do need the cash. So I thought they could have been a bit more... um, Creative and getting, giving them the chance to get some fans in. But maybe they will, maybe I'm wrong, but I've not seen nothing reported from lower leagues that they're going to get fans in. So it seems like a real shame. <laughs>
0: League One, well, as always, some really important results and really big upset, actually, of the day was Lincoln versus Rochdale going into the match, third versus 23rd in the table. So on paper, you presume a comfortable win for Lincoln. However, it was a a 2-1 away win for Rochdale and apparently really thoroughly deserved win. And um, that does just give them so much new hope for their League One survival. After nine games without a win, so they weren't going into the match with any form at all. They had seven games without a goal full stop, but obviously managing to get two against Lincoln. And they had 18 shots overall, did Rochdale. Rathbone and Humphreys getting the goals and Lincoln are now in third with 61 points. And Rochdale remain in the the relegation zone, but obviously this is a, a, a real boost for their confidence. And then you had Hull versus Oxford and um, Hull won 2-0, obviously top of the table, five wins in a row now for the Tigers. Two goals from their 20-year-old English forward Keane Lewis Potter. It was his ninth goal of the season. There are a couple of other players that are scoring really well for Hull, but that's um, interesting and exciting to see another young English forward coming up in the ranks. Oxford did play well. They had 63% possession, six shots on targets. 37,000 the game so no one's holding back but only one yellow card um Hull now six points clear of Peterborough in second but Peterborough do have three games in hand so again you just got to take everything with a pinch of salt at the moment with the games in the hands Oxford are four points off the playoffs and then also worth noting a really good win for Ipswich versus Plymouth there's only one nil but Ipswich now remain in sixth and in those playoff places and then some important results down the bottom of the table. Obviously, I mentioned a lot about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank last week. And again, Burton Albion win, a sixth win in a row, 3-0 away to Crew, And it sees them move seven points above the relegation zone. Crew's first home defeat in 12 games. So a fantastic result for Burton Albion. Busy 34 minutes for Kane Hemmings, have got a hat trick. I was looking at Hemmings online, 28-year-old English striker from Burton itself, Son of Anthony Hemmings, who was a former professional footballer but seemed to play for maybe League One, League Two, Wickham, Macclesfield, Carlisle. Kane himself, he previously played for Rangers, Barnsley, Dundee Notts County and he's now Burton's top goal scorer of the season 13 goals in 26 matches so um, yeah, really really good result for Burton. And then the last one a five goal thriller actually, MK Dons versus Aki Stanley. It was a 92nd minute header from Matt O'Reilly that gave MK Dons their first win in five games so they're now 12 points from the top zone so you're pretty sure obviously they're looking safe but Accrington now back to back loss. So they're four points off the playoffs, but there's so many teams around those positions that are trying to get in those um, playoff positions. So yeah, that's my roundup from League One.
1: League Two, there's the big West Country uh, match, of course, a a real uh, promotion battle. Exeter versus Cheltenham, that was one of the ones to look forward to. A very tight affair, all types of weather, apparently a real um, mishmash of weather. Uh, as it was in the West Country, we knew yesterday, so rain, hail, snow, all sorts of stuff going on. Three shots on target in the whole match, so a very close match. Uh, Andy Williams came off the bench to score the 91st minute winner for Cheltenham. 34-year-old, played for Bristol, Yeovil, Swindon, Doncaster, North, Northampton. Got seven goals in 24 games this season, so a massive win for Cheltenham. Takes some top, a point clear. And they got two games in hand on Cambridge, who were second, but level games on Forest Green, who were third. So it's a real uh, close battle up there. But they're top, so that's good. Exeter, back to eighth. Three off the playoffs, two in hand. So they've still got a good chance of getting in the playoffs again this season. So, But a great win for Cheltenham. Uh, six-goal thriller, Oldham. Uh, Oldham, Cambridge. Oldham with two up. Keeler done, got two goals by the 11th minute. But it was back to 3-2 from Cambridge by uh, half-time. Cambridge sub Luke Hannant hit the fourth direct from the corner in the 73rd minute and what I did find out when I was researching this game actually was that Harry Kuehl, uh has left Oldham after me saying he was doing a good job Oh really? Sacked him and given Keith Curl uh, his seventh manager role Keith Curl's managed lots of different teams of course a uh, good player in his time I'm not sure he's had much success I'll have to research it again as a manager but I don't know what uh, what on earth Oldham are doing sacking Kewell. they've had a decent season really I know they're not going to get promotion or anything but um it feels like they've had some I mean they've had some cracking away wins at the top teams etc so keep it right on very Cool we're looking for a job I don't think he'll get Sheffield United but he'll be uh, looking for another job down yeah. in league 2 perhaps Takes Cambridge to second as i said before so um they're in a good place so yeah cracking 6 goal thriller at oldham and then Morecambe newport two teams looking for promotion 1-1 after 20 minutes close match but then Samuel Lavelle uh, and Morecambe got sent off after 38 minutes for a professional foul. 2 1 by half time and 3 1 at full time to Newport. They had 58% possession, six shots on target. Uh, then our fourth, four points off uh, automatic promotion. Uh, Morecambe, surprise team of the season, they dropped to seventh. Newport won the last three and Morecambe not one in two, so two teams going in different directions really. Then National League, just one match to look at. Kings Lynn versus Sutton. Sutton won, seventh win in uh, eight matches, 1-0. Donovan Wilson got the winner in the first half. So they're now four clear uh, with three in hand on Hartlepool and Torquay back into third position. So interesting, those three at the top there. Torquay were nailed on for a promotion, really. Automatic promotion. Sutton, I don't think Sutton have ever been in the league, actually. So for Sutton, it's exciting times. Kings Lynn, third defeat in a row. In the bottom three, so they need to get going as well. So, well done Sutton, top of the national league.
0: Rave. So we kind of touched on it earlier. Obviously, mentioned Chris Wilde and my rant for being sacked. Well, I'm going to mention another really good English manager who's done a fantastic job, and I'm going for Sean Dyche. They had a great result, Bernie, at Everton. He's been with the club since 2012. He's guided them to two promotions in the Premier to the Premier League in three seasons. I didn't realize that they actually went down in one of those seasons, but um, pretty much he's had the same squad for the last, or at least the last three seasons, Um, and he seems to just be really developing the English players. Pope, me, Tarkovsky, obviously we mentioned McNeil. So he's done a fantastic job. A lot of people probably uh, each season probably think is this the season Burnley might get relegated, but he seems to be doing a fantastic job. Where's next for him? It seems like he's just, you know, very much steady Eddie and doing a good job with Burnley.
1: Ginger Mourinho, yeah, no, he's doing a good job. I think, yeah. I think he seems happy there. He don't, I don't. I, it doesn't feel like he aspires to be at a bigger club. I think he's yeah. happy there, doing what he's doing, and they're happy. So I, th- I think he might stay. Has there he a got, got the
0: financial backing? Was there something that happened? Has there been a takeover at Burnley? I feel like yeah, there has.
1: Yeah, takeover recently, so they've got. Uh, hopefully, he'll get some cash. So. Yeah, it's exciting times. I think he'll stay there. I, it doesn't feel like he's, um, you know, not, none of the big teams seem to want him, so mm-hmm. which is a bit strange, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll stick there.
0: Yeah, so uh, he's going to be my rave this week, Sean Dyche. What about you? Uh,
1: I've gone for a manager as well. That's not necessarily somebody who uh, I've warmed to particularly, but okay. uh, you must say that Tuchel, okay, uh, yeah. since he got to Chelsea. Uh, I mean, he's done an amazing job, really, sort of snuck under the radar a bit. I mean, he's been there for 12 games, they're unbeaten in all those. 10 league games without defeats. Two goals conceded in those 10 league games. And for a manager to arrive, you know, fresh into a team, got to get to know the squad, who does what. It's an absolutely brilliant start, to be fair. Like I say, he's not necessarily a character that you warm to immediately, but um, absolutely you can't deny that he's done, done fantastic he done well. in his first dozen games at Chelsea. So... Watch this space.
0: Interesting that I think his first match in charge, he didn't start Mason Mount. And since that, Mount's been in every team so far like he was with Lampard. Do you reckon he's going to go down as maybe player of the season for Chelsea at the moment?
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, possibly. Potentially.
0: Yeah. And the only other thing I thought in defence, obviously Thiago Silva's injured, but I thought the only difference from him and Frank Lampard's team, um, formation, but he seems to brought in Asper Laquetta, Gone back for... um. Asper seems to be playing quite well. Daniel James, um, Reese James, sorry, and Chilwell in and out of the team. So yeah, interesting. But he, like you he said, he's done a fantastic job. <laughs> Barn of the week. Go on, you go first. Mine's a bit boring. I'm not going to lie.
1: Uh, well, mine, I think this is the third time we've had this okay. chat, but I've gone Calvin Phillips at Leeds who uh, yeah. had a good game. yesterday. It was a good game against uh, Chelsea. He played well, but I think every time um, he he just seems to step it up every week. He's he's got less hair on his head in term. You know, he's shaved most of his head. Yeah, got you. But then the I don't know what would happen if he released it all because it's you know this (laughs) massive. He's about four or five inches taller than he was at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, So I just, I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling how he gets it like that.
0: Him and Luke Ayling seem to be uh, growing their hair very long. So yeah, fair enough. Well, I've gone for a player who's kind of gone back to basics with his hair and he's got rid of the blonde look and he's kind of just gone au natural. Maybe it's because he's not been in the team as much, but I've gone for Sergio Aguero. Do you know what? He's in his 10th year now at the club. Obviously, he's an absolute legend and only played for two of the teams, independent in Argentina and Atletico Madrid. He's 32. We We're kind of chatting about it earlier. Will he stay or will he go at the end of the summer? What do you reckon? Uh, I
1: think he'll stay probably. It's hard to say really. He might go back to Spain possibly.
0: Yeah. So um, he's my Barnet of the Week just purely for getting rid of the blonde silly locks and just back to basics. Ones to watch. Well, I think there's some FA Cup and maybe some international fixtures. But in the Premier League, there are some matches still going ahead next weekend. Friday night, 8pm, Fulham versus Leeds. I think Leeds haven't not scored much in the last five matches. But if it's like it was in September, it was 4-3 to Leeds, then it's definitely going to be one to watch surely. And Fulham are playing some really good football. And Sunday, 3pm, pm West Ham versus Arsenal. Uh, Obviously, London Derby. Arsenal have won 2-1 in September. But uh, again, you can imagine it to be a very tight match. But like I said, there aren't that many fixtures next week in terms of the Premier League.
1: Championship, you've got Derby-Brentford midweek worth watching. Uh, I said Derby needs to start scoring goals and start getting some points. Otherwise, they're going to be uh, heading down to the uh, League One. And Brentford... Brentford had a couple of games where they lost but they're back up to fourth a good win at Blackburn on Friday night so that will be a really interesting match and then two teams desperate looking to go up: Bournemouth Swansea they're playing midweek as well Uh, seventh versus third six point gap between them so that's going to be an interesting match Uh, and then Saturday Swansea again actually but that huge um, local derby Swansea versus Cardiff 5.30 kickoff Again, we talked about that when we had our little break and talked about uh, all the derbies that are uh, hotly contested and the Swansea-Cardiff. No fans, unfortunately, but it'll be uh, be quite a... And, of course, Swansea third, Cardiff eighth, hanging on to potential promotion. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting match.
0: League One, you've got midweek matches, Tuesday 6.30pm, right down at the bottom of the table. AFC Wimbledon versus Wigan both in relegation places but Wigan have had back-to-back wins uh, saying that there's only two points between them and Wimbledon haven't won in five so that should be quite an interesting match and then towards top of the table uh, 7pm on Tuesday Oxford versus Doncaster ninth versus fifth but there's six points between them so again two teams that are obviously trying to get into those promotion places.
1: Uh, and finally, uh, League Two, you've got uh, second versus third, Cambridge versus Forest Green, so that's going to be uh, a massive match. On the same points, Forest Green have got two games in hand, so if they win, they're really taking a, a huge uh, step ahead of Cambridge. And then Cheltenham, who are top play Salford. Salford's ninth, six points off playoffs. Desperate to get in the playoffs this year, Salford, so um, they'll go to Cheltenham confident they can get something out of that game, I think. And then National League, uh, Notts County versus Yorville. Notts County, strong promotion favourite, sixth. And Yorville. Yorville had a really poor start to the season. We're languishing at the bottom. They're now only two points off the playoffs in 11th oh, okay. position. So uh, Notts County, Yorville, that's going to be quite an interesting match.
0: Yorville struggled over the last few seasons. Felt like not that long ago we were watching in the championship versus Blackburn, right? Yeah, not long ago. <laughs> Right that's it for this week for Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. We've had our roundup across the top 5 English divisions and uh, we'll be back with some more next week. We'll see you then.